The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another Friday edition of the Work-Life Balance. We are so excited to have you guys with us again. Uh, another exciting week. Had a lot of business going on. I think it's the busiest December that I've had in, in quite some time. So I uh, was in South Carolina again this week. And uh, new client out there, so it's been very exciting for us, exciting times. And, you know, again, we, we talked last week about, uh, you know, the, the acceleration that we're feeling in the software development world, uh, the acceleration that we were feeling coming out of CA world. If you missed that show, you do not want to miss that show. Go catch that on the podcast from last week. Uh, this week, I was having meetings with uh, a group that's called the the Acceleration Group, uh, the, the Accelerator Program from, from CA. Uh, which is basically just an incubation program. And just some of the stuff that's coming out of that is unbelievable. There's a, a new little product called Catchfly. You can go to catchfly.io uh, and, and register that for free as a beta. Uh, there's a new product called Instant Agenda, which uh, for those of you that, that heard me speak at PMI several years ago in, in Vancouver talking about Metrics 2.0, which is a PMI paper that I wrote uh, talking about mining statistics and looking at statistics from uh, meeting minutes. Uh, they've got a new kind of uh, app that helps make meetings better. And so we're going to have all these guys on the show coming weeks. It's uh, super excited about that. So a lot of good stuff coming, a lot of momentum going, uh, and we're so glad to have you. But this week, you know, as we, we start talking about all of this momentum and all of this change and all these things that are happening, um, as we accelerate the cycle so much faster in the software development world and, and as we're, we're accelerating time to market, right? And, and we, we talked last week about uh, really shortening the cycle between ideas and outcomes. I think one of the biggest things, and it's always been the bane of existence as far as any kind of implementation or any kind of change is really around change management. And so when, when this person reached out to me, I, I had to have her on and, and really wanted to talk to her about this because it's really kind of her forte. And she's a recognized leader in performance and change management with a proven track record in behavioral, organizational, and personal change, designing and implementing key strategies to create and sustain a high-performing organization. She possesses a balanced blend of business acumen, behavioral competencies, and a common sense to produce aligned, consistent, and repeatable results. With organizations, she focuses on issues with employee retention, leadership development, and team effectiveness, especially during times of transition. She coaches managers and individuals through the twists and turns of change, helping them gain personal perspective and self-management so they can, in turn, better equip their teams for what lies ahead. Experience across a wide array of industries and disciplines have demonstrated that her methodology and approach is applicable to all situations. But see, you don't have to just be an organization to benefit from some of her teachings because the same approach uh, can explore how you can strengthen your personal resilience factor. Whether it's organizational change, professional change, or a life change, it all affects us personally. So flexibility and adaptability are key ingredients in increasing your ability to overcome and thrive. This person's a frequent conference speaker on the topics of change management, personal resilience, team dynamics, and issues facing women in the workplace. And with a delivery that is humorous, practical, and backed by years of personal experience, both painful and pleasant, her collaborative and facilitative style brings out dramatic improvement in workplace and personal performance. And not only is she a fantastic speaker, but we met on the circuit and she's become just a personal and dear friend of mine. Uh, so we'd love to welcome her to the show. Please welcome Patty Vargas. Patty, how you doing? I'm doing great, Rick. How about you? 
doing great. And both of us being now John Maxwell uh, team members as well, right? That's yeah. a big, big change for both of us. Yeah, I think you're following me around or something. I wasn't sure who, who followed who, but it was it was great at this last event uh, where uh, I felt a tap on my shoulder and I turned around and there's Patty. She's like, yeah. what are you doing here? I was like, I don't know. What are you doing here? So always great to uh, talk to you, Patty. And, and again, you know, we met back in, you know, way back in the day in the PMI circuit in, in you know, change management, I think. You know, certainly was was a, a huge aspect. Always has been a huge aspect for for a lot of organizations. But with this momentum and the acceleration cycles and things that I'm seeing now, with with things that you know, projects used to take anywhere from 14 you know months to two years to bring new software to market. And I'm seeing that now, you know, three and six months in the ad- adaptation of agile. You know, what are you feeling and seeing out there right now in, in just terms of change management as a whole? Well. It- the the term acceleration is is absolutely right, and it's it's not just in software development or in the technology arena. It it seems like the speed to market, um, the the timeline between idea and release is just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And not only that, but multiple efforts going on at the same time in parallel. And what I have found, um, both in in personal experience within companies as well as in consulting is that we focus so much on the thing that we're doing, the product we're getting ready to release, the project that we're managing, the um, integration that we're doing, whatever that might be, that we just assume everybody is at the same place on that change continuum. And we assume that everybody understands and we assume everybody gets it and they don't. You know, so there's not as much effort put into how are we going to manage our our teams? How are we going to manage our company? How are we going to manage ourselves through a time where the status quo has totally been disrupted? You know, and and much less is known than ever before. And I think some of the comments that that we hear all the time, certainly some of the comments you wrote down in, in preparation for this interview, was. Things like this implementation was flawless, but we fell down in the execution, or mm-hmm. nobody stopped to consider the level of disruption this change would inflict on our people. And that word disruption, because it, it, you know, disruption used to be uh, a negative term, but now it's turned into digital disruption, and that's something mm-hmm. people are thriving for. Right. Right. And, you know, it's uh, in San Francisco down um, near Market Street, there's a big sign that says, you know, disruption. It's it's so great. It's so wonderful. And and I whenever I come off the ferry, I'm faced with that sign. And I think, you know, what? not to everybody, you know, to some people, it's it's fascinating. It's wonderful. And it's, you know, just bring it on more and more and more. But that disruption impacts everybody slightly differently. Um, I remember years and years ago, I used to manage a team of engineers, and and one of my engineers um, referred to himself all the time as a change junkie. Oh, I just love it. Bring it on. Bring it on. The more change, the better. Until I reorganized our workspace and moved him from one cube to another without asking him, and then something so simple totally threw him for a loop. You know, he felt uh, marginalized and disenfranchised and so forth. So um, I think we can jump into a stream of current thought, current consciousness, and just assume that that's how everybody views it. Whereas uh, what is exciting to one person is threatening to another. And we all say everybody loves change unless it's happening to us. And, yes. and, and this and this whole world, though, of, of disruption and people looking at disruption and, and you being an ex, uh, expert in DISC profiles, and you and I have had several discussions around DISC, and most of my listeners have been exposed to the DISC profile just through the show. Um, and for those of you that are hearing DISC profile for the first time, it's a wonderful, wonderful tool to help understand people how to communicate and just kind of where you are in the box. But but the largest population, and correct me if I'm wrong, Patty, but the largest population is in the S category, yep. which is in that steady category. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, the, the funny thing, my personal profile, um, I come up as an SC. My S and my C are, are pretty equal. So I'm that steady, uh, 
analytical plotter, you know, so uh, you have to sell me on the idea of change, not just we're doing this because it's the latest thing to do. And I think that probably introduces a a level of understanding that I have for a large amount of the population. And it's something that I can share with the people who don't understand that it's, you know, what's the deal? It's just, we're just moving or we're just implementing a system or we're just reorganizing. Who, who cares? Um, but, you know, change is, is disruptive. It challenges everything. It challenges our assumptions. Um, it challenges the status quo, obviously. And, you know, make no mistake, whether you're leading the change or you're an unwilling participant, it's all about me. And it it has the potential to bring up some of our deepest fears, loss of position, loss of status, loss of security, you know, whatever that may be. And and there's plenty of evidence that shows what we find the most stressful as human beings is uncertainty, not change itself. You know, very often it's not really the event, it's the worry about what's going to happen to me that people find the hardest to accept. And then I'll give you four guesses, since there's only four, of where you think I fit into the profile. Let's test that expertise. Oh, great. I hate it when I'm put on the spot like that. <laughs> I, I think that uh, just from the technical side of it, your C is probably really high, but I'm betting the D and I are pretty high there. Yeah, so I'm off the charts I, and uh, <laughs> this, the C's and I generally, uh, because of that, right, the C's yeah. and I generally have conflict. But for yeah. some reason, you and I have always been friends, so that's good. Well, but you're yeah. higher S than C, so that's that's why. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll stick with that story. I'm going with that. <laughs> for sure, but yeah, no, I'm off the charts I, which means yeah. the change has always enamored me, and I've always been the big idea guy. But knowing that, right, I've always surrounded myself with high D's and high, uh, high C's uh, mm-hmm. to help keep me successful, or I would have 400 ideas that never got done. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's maturity and wisdom, right? And it's the same thing when if we're trying to lead our teams or our companies through a time of change, too, is be aware that you probably don't have all the answers and you probably don't have all the skills that you need to lead through this. So surrounding yourself with people that do understand some of that is just going to increase your opportunity for success. Just like, like you said, you know, you're the idea guy, but if you didn't ever work with people that could actually put together a plan and execute, then, you know, there'd be a lot of great ideas out there that, that never come to fruition. Yeah, I had uh, I, I had uh, Stephen Shapiro uh, on the show, and he does uh, personality poker. And as we were talking, we found out that we were both high eyes, and we we said we could never start a company together because we would have the greatest company that never delivered a thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So fantastic to meet somebody like that. But put us in a room. And, and we would generate some of the greatest ideas uh, never sold. But uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun to have them on the show. Um, yeah. So with that, though, I mean, change is such a big impact and is such a big thing. I really think um, for our listeners and the, and the people, you know, I, I, everybody's impacted by change, whether it's personal or whether it's professional. Uh, changes that, that ever you – look at the big change that just happened in our country and, and whether, you know, either side – that you're on, whether you're for it or against it, it doesn't matter. Change is coming. And so I think even some of the reaction that we were seeing within the country is exactly what you were seeing is some of that uncertainty. Mm -hmm. So for everybody that's listening, if you're on the podcast or if you're listening live, please hang out because what we're going to get into next is some of those tips and tricks from Patty about, you know, what some of these key contributors are uh, to the successful change initiative and just a lot of different tips and techniques from somebody who's been there, done that, and very successful. Successful in not only managing change, but we're going to talk about a key word, which is transition. And we're going to do that right after the break. You're listening to the Work Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? 
R Squared Consulting provides end-to-end -end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand. They are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end -end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back with the Work-Life Balance. Uh, we're talking about change and change management with Patty Vargas, who's principal with the Vargas Group. And, and while many people seem to run away from change or managing change, Patty runs towards it. So uh, we're going to be visiting with her. And uh, Patty, we, we introduced everybody, obviously, to the concepts of change and some of the things that we like about it. But let's get into what we think some of the key contributors are to being successful in managing a change initiative. Sure, I'd love to. Um, it's it's really pretty simple, um, but at the same time, it it requires effort and attention, right? Just like everything else. Um, so I would say that that the first uh, key success factor is effective and clear two-way communication. And I, I tell people often, you know, that whatever your communication plan involves, it's probably not enough. You know, you, you need to tell people things over and over and over again and in multiple mediums before it finally hits the mark or resonates with them in a way that they can understand and, and implement. And two-way communication means that you listen more than you talk. You know, Stephen Covey's habit number five, seek first to understand and then to be understood. So what are you hearing from people and how, how do you implement strong listening skills? The second tip is managing expectations. Uh, and it's, it's managing um, what you can say to people, you know, knowing what information you can share without making promises that you can't keep. So what do they need to know? And what is not helpful for them to know at, at any given time. And the third tip is just be prepared for the wide range of emotions and behaviors that accompany change and disruption. You know, don't be caught aware. Never underestimate the impact of an anxious and apprehensive workforce to completely derail your critical project. Yeah, and... So when we start talking about managing expectations and 
understanding those expectations it certainly comes from top down but you know what about the the clear detractors right the people that you know just aren't going to be there do you have advice in in that situation you know we uh, had an experience way back early in my career I was leading a a large implementation and I was, like I mentioned earlier in the show, I was very focused on the technical side of it. You know, what the project scope was and and what had we promised to deliver and what was the schedule and what was the budget and all of that. And I completely, completely disregarded some key stakeholders that could really derail the entire project. And they were they were those naysayers and they were sabotaging and they were um, just very, very bad behavior all out of a place of fear. What was going to happen to their job? What was going to happen to the way that they did their work? And when I finally caught on what was going on and it was a painful process. I mean, I just felt like I was slogging uphill every single day of that project, and I I felt like the most hated person in the company. When I finally caught on that it was birthed out of fear, I started meeting with some of these folks one-on-one, me with two or three of them. We started having some small town hall meetings that were focused on a particular constituent group, and were able to hear what their fears were, really understand where they were coming from, why were they behaving this way, and then what could we share with them that would uh, put some of those fears to rest or at least help them deal with what the coming reality might be. So I think that is a, is a, a key thing. It's communication and it's um, having a lot of empathy and understanding about where they're coming from. Yeah, I, uh, I just led a recent uh, kind of training reveal where we were putting in a system and, and, you know, there was this gentleman on the front row and just, you know, arms crossed and, and <laughs> just glaring. And, and so obviously, you know, me being me, I, I, I go right after that person and just walked up and, and went to go shake his hand. And he's like, who are you? And I said, well, introduce myself. And he goes, oh, so you're the consultant. <laughs> I mean, it was just... <laughs> It was seething, you know what I mean? I was like, so yes, and he goes, well, leave it up to our organization to hire a consultant to teach us the the basics. And wow. I was just like, wow, what has happened to you over the last you know few years or whatever that it kind of gives you that that mentality? And so I tried to to open up a dialogue, and he just wasn't having it. So mm-hmm. I think there's even sometimes though in change management where you gotta go, look, dude. At some point, you're just gonna have to either get on board or get off. Yeah. Um, but um, crazy, you know, when you're when you're managing all these different levels and trying to find those people and, and reach out at least. There's some people that just aren't gonna have it. <laughs> aren't yeah. gonna have it. That's true. And and you know, you do get to a place where after a while you're spending an awful lot of time on this small minority that's just not ever gonna come around. Um, but a second tactic to that then is who can I influence around them that might kind of tighten the noose a little bit there where they become even more and more of a minority. If I can get some other people around them on board or at least open to listening, then maybe that can sideline that that a little bit. But That's yeah, not everybody's going to like you. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. I learned that a long time ago when surveys started coming back from my speeches. So um, <laughs> now it's now it's the game to find out who in the crowd is going to hate me. So, um, so really, though, there's two key words I think that we play with when we're talking about change management, and, and it's really kind of the word change and then the word transition. Do you do you see a difference in those terms? And if so, yeah. what what you what uh, is that? Absolutely. And it's very much like um, the stages of grief, you know, more or less that you have, you can see people that are still talking about the great layoff of 2000, you know, that this thing happened 15 or 16 years ago, and they've never moved on from it. So the change happened, but it's never moved beyond that. I look at it as as change is an external event. It's something that has been thrust upon us. We probably had no say. Uh, we weren't involved in it. We had, you know, we couldn't help it or or do anything to change it. It was just external to us. 
But transition is an internal process, and it, it's a choice of reorienting our perspective and our view. And without moving to that place of transition, then initiatives can just go on and on and on and on, or they can completely fail and just go by the wayside. And everyone's like, well, whatever happened to, you know, Project X? It's not a given um, at all, you know, and and I think that this is a, a real key thing that leaders have to recognize is that not everyone is on that change curve at the same place or at the same time. If you are uh, a leader in your company, you've probably known this is coming for a little while, uh, maybe been involved in some of the planning, but the rank and file, it's all new to them. So where you might have already moved down to um, the second, third, fourth stage of change, they're still back at the first stage. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So it's it's referred to as as the change curve, you know, when we're talking about uh, grief or or uh, you know other kinds of change and so forth. Whereas people start at the the first stage, which is ending, and you have to let go of this old way before you can even contemplate that there might be something new. And then the middle area is called like the neutral zone, maybe the the fallow zone uh, between ending and the new beginning. And then the new beginning is where our new normal begins to take place. And, And we see folks go from anger and denial and absolute disbelief and this is the stupidest thing I ever heard of to oh, well, what are we going to do, you know? And then finally, if they if they do that reorienting and they move into that new normal, it's like, wow, this is better than I thought it was going to be. Or it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Or I see the benefit of this now. Yeah, and so for a high eye, I've always had a way of, of cutting to the chase. And so the, the, the term that we always hear in... in Certainly, as we do implementations, is well. That's not the way we've always done it, right? Or you know, this isn't the way that we've always done it here, and that's my favorite line. And and my favorite way to overcome that objection is well, that depends. Mm-hmm. And when they look at me, I go, I said, it just depends on when you start. And they go, what do you mean? And I go, well, the person who got hired today. The way I just showed them is the way they've always done it here. It's just a perspective of when you're looking at it. And and it tends to to kind of bring it full circle of, of, you know, training, retraining, or how you look at it. It, It's just not the way you've always done it here. It was just simply the way you were trained. And now we're retraining you. So let's go for it. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a a really good perspective. But it is a... It's a personal thing. People have to make the decision to move into trans- transition. They And they don't have to, you know, but I mean, they can stay stuck back there. And we've all met them and we've all heard them. Um, but it's that in moving into taking some control, I am choosing to become a part of this, that eliminates the victim feeling, eliminates the fear and um frustration maybe and and let you grab a little bit of control over your own life yeah and i think there's a lot of people out there that need to to understand um you know i i think it for me it was for for a lot of the maxwell teachings you can only control what you can control but what one thing i can control is how i feel about situations so Mm -hmm. i can take that negative approach and, and how much that beats you down or I can come to terms and say, well, you know, it was outside of my control, but it's the decision we've made. So the only thing I can do is be positive and go forward. Uh, but, but how uplifting that truly can be. Yeah, yeah. Because it does. It gives you back control, you know, it, it, when you make that decision. Um, it, it just changes everything. Yeah, I feel like I talk to my daughter. It's like, you know, nobody can make you feel that way. You choose right. to feel that way, but nobody, nobody can make you mad. You choose to become mad, but nobody can make you mad. So we're talking to Patty Vargas. We're going to take another quick break here. While we're on break, though, you can go to www.thevargasgroup, and that's V as in Victor, A-R-G as in group, A-S, group.net, and go find out all about Patty and her organization 
And uh, we will see you on the other side of this break. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto-drive mode. This is life in the application economy, and the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back visiting with Patty Vargas, is a principal of the Vargas Group, talking about change management and how to deal with that in your organizations. And as we get into change management, I always think, you know, one of the most successful pieces is really kind of that top-down leadership. Mm-hmm. And I know in my personal experience, I've witnessed a lot of failure, really, of those leaders, not only recognizing change or change management, but really kind of being ill-equipped to lead that change. And so, you know, Patty, do you, do you feel that leaders are really equipped to lead their teams through a lot of change, or is that something that you're seeing in the marketplace? Well, I think there's certainly transformational leaders and, and um, leaders who understand the behavioral side of change. So it's certainly not, you know, that everyone is, is like this. But, but what I find is that they are very focused on the thing at hand, you know, whatever the strategy is that's that needs to be accomplished and as they well should be. And they don't necessarily pay attention to what kind of chaos they're they're introducing to people. You know, they're what I like to tell them is you manage the business and let me help your leaders and your your team leads and your managers manage themselves and the teams that they're leading. You know, so we can partner together and work together to make this much more successful. Right. So th- there's there's inevitably you know the rumor mill that gets kicked off. There's there's poor behavior. There's all the things that tend to happen, especially when a major change is being announced, uh, whether that be 
we can go the negative side of layoffs or the positive side of, hey, we've got this new whole product that's going to change the way that we're doing our business. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you how do you deal with with that kind of stuff? And in particular, you know, how can you help? So I like to um, to coach managers and and individuals to help them gain some personal perspective perspective and self-management so that they can in turn better equip their teams for what lies ahead. Uh, This kind of goes back to what I said earlier about the need for very clear communication and the fact that we're probably not communicating as much as we think that we are. And we know just from um, large projects, just from being in business, you know, everybody who's been in business knows that in the absence of information, what do we do? We we make it up, right? And it's usually worse even than what really is. So if I can help managers understand that the rumor mill is is well at work, that uh, even the people who aren't engaging in that are probably uh, experiencing some level of of anxiety uh, about what's going to come for them. Um, if, so if I can help leaders understand that and coach them through that and, and coach them through self-management as well, the better off that they're going to get where it is that they ultimately want to be. You know, I was working with a company um, earlier this year that had gone through some significant um, change. They lost a, a key customer, lost a huge um, uh, amount of, of income from this one key customer. And so it forced a significant layoff with very, very little warning. And the remaining staff and managers were in a state of shock and apprehension and, you know, what's next. So I pulled the managers together and I first facilitated an open discussion of what were their concerns. They needed to be heard. They were hurting as much as anybody else was. And what were their concerns? And then also to enlighten them on what they should prepare for, both with the remaining staff and and with themselves. I think we lost Patty. Yeah, let's just go to break. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other, where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage, where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program. 
at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now back to the Work-Life Balance. We're back with the Work-Life Balance. And as we talk about change and change management, there's nothing like a live run at that at a live show with technology. So Patty's uh, line has dropped. We tried to reconnect her and are unable to on Skype. We're going to see if we can get her to call into the show. But if not, we will just carry this out. So where she was, though, she was really talking about her ability to coach managers and individuals through twists and turns of change. And really... You know, making sure that together you can ensure the success of your change effort and build that better workforce with stronger leaders at the same time. And and so the key really when managing any change management initiative is back to that communication. You have to set a clear pattern and a clear uh, path to people to make sure that they know what change is coming, that they know what is going to happen to them, and to be able to communicate that effectively. Some of the biggest changes that, that I've seen happen in organizations uh, and certainly the biggest failures uh, that I've seen has come from that miscommunication and that miscommunication of not only what the change is going to be, but it builds mistrust between organizations. And uh, that that has been a, you know a great portion. So it looks like we've got Patty back on the phone, see if we can't get her to join back in. Hi, Patty. Hi. <laughs> Uh, the joys of, of live radio. So right before we lost you there, you were talking about what you could do to uh, coach managers, individuals, um, and how you were helping, and you were telling a, a particular story. Yeah, the, uh, the story, I'm not sure how I got, how far I got into it, but, but basically, um, client had lost uh, their, their key customer and had was forced to do some layoffs uh, without any warning, and I wanted to work more closely with the managers who were feeling this uh, from a very emotional standpoint as well as just what's happening to the business and so forth and didn't have a lot of support from uh, the senior staff about that. They were truly focused just on, on survival. And what I watched happen through that was that they lost the support of their management team, you know, the the people that could have rallied around them and really helped them through this time. They became more adversarial and and a loss a loss of trust and um, and it was it was much more painful than it it needed to be for them. So, as these companies or these organizations start to go through some of these changes, are you available? Is that something that you do as a business sense is to come in and help manage this change? Yes, yeah, that's what I really like to do is come in and work with those managers as to what's the outward part and what's the inward part. So how do you need to manage your teams, manage their expectations, uh, develop a clear communication path with them, as well as how do you manage yourself? You know, if you think about it, those managers, those leaders are going through the change too. And it's possible, you know, that they weren't necessarily on board with this either. You know, that it's something that to a certain extent they feel is thrust upon them as well. So how do they manage themselves through that transition so that they can be um, the best that they can be in, in helping their people cope with, with whatever the change might be? Um, what we find is that fatigue can begin to war against effectiveness. If you think about that leader is getting bombarded from their staff asking lots of questions, there's lots of variables, there's lots of unknowns. How are we going to do this? Who's going to do that? So they can get worn down by that, um, you know, as much as whatever uh, insecurity they might be carrying themselves. So they have to be very focused on managing themselves, um, managing their best intentions and so forth so that they can really be there for their people. Um, one, one thing I like to tell them is, you know, cut yourself some slack. Know when you are not in your best place to have that meeting or have that conversation because it's 
very difficult to undo a miscommunication. Yeah, sometimes it, that one bad meeting or interaction can really set off that chain reaction of, of negativity that's hard to, to, to overcome. Right, absolutely. And, you know, we were talking about um, change in terms of, like, reorganizations or downsizing or, or system implementations, but it also applies to a company that is trying to go through some sort of a, a culture shift as well. Um, there is... Um, the opportunity for these culture initiatives that are birthed out of a desire to be better and, and to grow and be a, you know, have a better workplace environment and so forth. But these projects are often looked on with skepticism, you know, from the rank and file or, or they're just viewed as the flavor of the month. So if we can coach those leaders and managers during an effort like this, um, to look for discrepancies between what is being said and then what actions are being taken because people are, are watching and merely talking about a culture change doesn't make it so. You know, if, if certain activities are running counter to the message, no one's going to believe it or support the effort. And if you don't have support up and down the hierarchy, then your initiative is, is doomed. <laughs> It'll just become the latest company joke. Or as, as one of our favorites and, and mentors says, you know, culture eats vision for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, so how do you really start to adopt a culture that's acceptable for change? I mean, what's, what are maybe some of the top tips other than what you've already said in effective communication and, and that kind of stuff? How, how does a leader, um, other than hiring, you know, Patty to, to come into the organization, how does a leader start to prepare for change? Communication is probably the biggest thing. Um, what we were talking about earlier in the call um, about recognizing your own limitations, uh, not assuming that you have all of the ins- information or that you know all of the ways to go about it is really key to preparing for, for any kind of change. Um, just being aware that it's not going to be as easy for everyone as it is maybe for you. Um, I think we've all been guilty of, I have a great idea. This is just going to be the best thing ever. Uh, it's going to be so good for the company. It's going to be so good for our people. And we just charge ahead without maybe having all of the information or even just soliciting some buy-in from people before we start going down that path. So it's an increased amount of awareness, an increased amount of communication, um, and a a huge dose of humility, I think, (laughs) on the part of the leadership team. And and that really is what it comes down to, is recognizing... Uh, coming back to strengths and weaknesses that while you may be fantastic at strategy, this is a learned skill. This is a learned opportunity that managing change or structured of change in an organization is another skill set that is something you have to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And and be cognizant that that you just might not have that skill. Um, I, I think that is really is really key to it. Most leaders that I have dealt with are good, ethical uh, people who are dealing with with a lot of integrity within their companies. But because they have been successful in various areas, they just assume that this is something that they can do as well. Um, And nobody gets up in the morning thinking, how do I inflict pain and suffering on the people that I'm leading? Um, So, just being aware of that and, and getting some help, you know, putting as much attention to the behavioral side of change as you do to the technical or strategic side of it is what it's going to take to be successful. And so how do people get in touch with you, Patty? Uh, a number of ways. Um, through my website, uh, they can certainly sign up there to um, reach out to me and become a part of our newsletter and our communication strategies there. I have a business Facebook page. It's Patty Vargas Coaching. Uh, and on LinkedIn, too, I'd love to connect with people all over the world in all industries and, and learn from them about what they're doing. 
And I, I wanted to mention, too, that in Q1 of next year, I have a book coming out called The Resilience Factor, and it will be a, a combination of um, experiences that follow the same model of, of how to get through change with a great deal of resilience, whether it's a personal change or it's a corporate change. Um, like I said at the beginning, it's all personal. Yeah. People take this very, very personally, and it's it's certainly mm-hmm. something through sheer will sometimes that, that people have to manage this change. Yep, exactly. And some, sometimes it's sheer will just to simply finish an interview through change and technology challenges. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Well, we appreciate your time. We, we, we love and, and thank you uh, for, for being a part of the Work-Life Balance and uh, certainly would love to have you back on when the book comes out and we can uh, do more of a deep dive in, into that uh, when, when that comes out Q1. So you'll stay in touch with us in the show and let us know when that comes out. You bet. Thanks so much, Rick. I appreciated catching up with you and have a great holiday season. Absolutely. You too. And so for next week on the Work-Life Balance, we're actually going to do a little bit of a retrospective uh, so we've been on the uh, air for a year now, so I'm going to kind of go back and, and do a year in review, talk about some of our favorite guests, talk about some of the favorite things that we uncovered on the show, and really try to give you a roadmap for those of you that are just now finding out about the show or just joining the show about some of the things that we've done and heard and, and said. Uh, so we'll put that together, kind of a year in review show for next week before we go into replays before the uh, end of the year. Uh, and then we'll be kicking it right back off uh, January 6th as we're going to meet with some of the guys from uh, the Accelerator program through CA uh, and talking about some new products that are really starting to uh, uh, hit the market. What's going to be exciting as we introduce some of these new products is that they're all available for free right now. And we're really going to be seeking some feedback and thoughts uh, from our audience. And so we're going to be uh, generating a unique partnership Uh, through the work-life balance, through our square consulting, through this group uh, to try to get our listeners on board and trying to try out some of these products, uh, solicit some feedback, and really be part of some of this acceleration that we're feeling in the marketplace as there's just some really cool products and thoughts and ideas that are coming out. So that's what we have in store for you next year as we get on to the work-life balance. For all of you that are listening, for everybody that's on the podcast, we thank you, we love you. Thank you so much for being part of the show, and we'll talk to you next week on the work-life balance. This is Rick Morris. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.